2: Hi there, welcome to Prayer Warriors Needed, because prayer warriors are always needed. Give an honor and praise to the Most High God, just thanking God for being God, thanking God for being an awesome God, thanking God for life, health, strength, the land of the living, thanking God for every rescue he's brought us through, thanking God for all he's done, all he's going to do, thanking God for praying people, praying targeted individuals, thanking God for a chosen group of people that are very much aware of horrific plots and plans of the enemy. God, we come against every demonic plot and plan to control, to usurp authority and control over the human race. In the name of Jesus, God, we come against, we plead the blood of Jesus against every eugenic attempt and every eugenic administration uh, organized crime ring that goes out to hurt adults and children. God, we ask you to cover us through the blood of Jesus Christ. We plead the blood of Jesus against these demons in the name of Jesus. The blood is against you, Satan, and every retinue that you have with you in the name of Jesus. The blood, the blood, the blood. God, we just praise you and we thank you, God, in your time, Heavenly Father. That divine intervention, that the humans that you created, that you put on this earth will take retake this earth from demon forces in the name of Jesus. God, we praise your holy name. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of prayer. We thank you, God. Thank you, God, for targeted individuals, for people that are getting out here and just trying to help other people, God. I know that they're suffering. I know the financial constraints they can put on people is just a very horrific situation. But, God, you are a provider. I can testify that God can make a way he will take care of you. Line up to your assignment. Take take your assignment. Do the work that God created you to do. Fight against this horrific demonic program, and God will cover you. God, I praise your holy name. I just thank you for you being God, Heavenly Father. I thank you for my praying sisters on this phone. I thank you, God, for the Internet, the information and knowledge. I thank you, God, for that awesome lawsuit we were looking at that basically summarizes some of the crimes that have been inflicted on targeted individuals. God, I know that you can open the windows of heaven. We need this thing to come out of the secrecy mode and be exposed to the fullest. I decree and declare that the secrecy curse will be broken, that it is broken, that God's people will use their knowledge, their skills, their God-given brains, Heavenly Father to become passionate about exposing this program and stopping it so that not another generation of people will have to go through it. I come against the blacklisting, the income lynching, the blacklisting, Heavenly Father. God, I ask you, Lord, to just use us to develop the appropriate tools and books and to be able to utilize the resources to help one another, Heavenly Father, to make it through this horrific satanic program. God, not make it through, but to Dismantle it in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is against the targeted individual program. The blood of Jesus is against the satanist behind the targeted individual program. The blood of Jesus is against every demon force using that program under the disguise of science, to do nothing more than the work of Satan. The blood of Jesus is against device planting on human beings. God, I ask you for coverage for all praying people, God. Don't let them put their devices in us in the name of Jesus. I come against their bioterrorism, their defraud laws, defraud injections defraud sicknesses, defraud diagnosis, defraud testing in the name of Jesus. God, I just thank you, God, that you can give us the spirit of discernment. God, I ask you to watch over our vulnerable population, watch over our seniors, Heavenly Father, watch over our babies, our children, Lord, watch over them, cover them with the blood of Jesus Christ, let their parents, their guardians lead and direct them in the proper way, God, that they'll be covered by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you for your warring angels. I thank you, God, for your your angels that cover, protect, direct, guide our path, Heavenly Father. I ask you, God, to continue to watch over us, to continue to direct our path. Lead us which way to go, Heavenly Father. Clean us up so that we can be full-pledged warriors in the kingdom of God. And I thank you, God, that you still hear sinners' prayers. I thank you, God, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I thank you, God, that every Everyone has a chance with God. I thank you, God, for your awesomeness. I thank you, God, for this thing called grace and mercy. I thank you, God, for being the awesome God that you are. I praise your holy name, and I ask you, God, to bless my sisters on this line. Bless my mother from head to toe, Heavenly Father. I thank you, God, for blessing her with the gift of longevity. I thank you, God, for blessing her with the gift of compassion and and just raising us up in the Word of God. I thank you, God, for being with her and just keeping her, and I thank you, God. I ask you, Lord, to bless Miss Nadine, Amy's mother. Bless my sister Anne's mother. Cover both of them from head to toe, Heavenly Father. Watch over them in their coming and going. Bind up and rebuke any demonic attempt to even think about taking them off this earth before their time. I thank you, God, for that. We can be on this earth according to your will and your time, and that no demon will ever be able to work further, uh, harder, or stronger than you, God. God, we praise your holy name. We thank you, God, for you just being the awesome omniscient, omnipresent, all-sovereign, majestic, almighty God, God, we give you the praise, we give you the glory, and we ask you, God, to bless this week that comes before us, Heavenly Father. Any plot and plan for these demons to be dismantled, tow up from the flow up, will have no effect on us, will bounce off of us, and help us to be obedient to your word and live according to your will, because we know when the praises go up, blessings come down. So I give you all the praise in, in, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Um, Go ahead, Amy or Anne? Mario? Yes, yeah, go ahead, Amy. Dear God, I'm asking you to
1: take
2: these
1: mind controllers and vile, cherished, querulous, treasonous acts. As far as what they are involved in to the world, let the whole world take them to a world course and convict all families that are involved in these ideologies, standards, I can remind the minds of people doing different things with their systems, making a lot of families thinking that they have poor medical conditions and don't even know that someone is working around the clock on their help. God, we ask you to destroy those who are doing this, these dangerous crimes against the people worldwide and have an attack on black genealogy, wanting the genealogy to be destroyed The so white people can have the rulership over black people and anyone else on the planet. God, you curse those ancestors of these Satanists. Individuals who are the people's bodies. Tokyo, the Montrangers, the Rockefeller, the Rothschilds, the Dufresne, and any other names that they have, the Jewish names that they have, and they use them in their fame, doing things to other people and noble principles, acting as if they are not the ones that they are, knowing that they are terrorizing people. And noble principles of philosophy. And when they are not, when they are not, none of those things who are the synagogues of Satan, they say they are you when they are
0: not. Let me make sure you're
1: talking for, in the God, phone. You sound far away. They are persecuted wise people and doing things of them that they should not be doing. As in some type of sacrificial offering, witchcraft and sorcery, using that satellite and sacrificing people's stolen abilities to to extract information and data from the memory of the people, and people not even know why they're going through different types of experiences whether it's physically or psychologically. People are going through different things that is unexplainable to them, not that they couldn't do research, but their minds have been surprised not to go out and have some into or investigate things that is happening to them that is talking to them. I thank God for the entire individual community that took out the time to locate and to discover that this was not a physical, or psychological, natural effect on the life that is done through COVID, I military mean, research done on the body with radio and signals, radio and TV signals, and any type of remote. Transmission that can be administered into the bodies of the people to attract the internal vital, internally, and to try to destroy the person inter, internally organs. So it can appear that the person has gotten sick or something that causes where these people and their birth certificates are altered to the lie. God, we ask you to break up all these lies and these violations of birth certificates and death certificates and marriage certificates and any other threat or surprise that could be used to harm people and act like the people. not stubborn or, 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 or psychologically equipped to understand what that happened in their lives and know what happened in their lives and how it happened and I have no reason to lie on any individuals. God is asking you to have mercy on those who haven't been telling the truth about what is happened in their lives and what they're experiencing where they can receive the justice that they God do. That those who are honored will be prosecuted and put to death for doing things to people relating to eugenic progress, and doing those violent programs and, and acting as if they were noble people, will in fact, they are the opposite. God bringing these Caucasians out of power and I the righteous people that bring of the kingdom of, of, of the earth. Amen.
0: Amen, amen, amen. Elizabeth or Anne? Annie. Annie Oh, I think wait a minute. Did she get dropped? Oh yeah, she did. I don't know why she didn't call me back.
1: Because she, because it anything under a program, if I didn't fight with my mind, I'd not be calling you back.
0: Yeah, so you can. Yes, darling. I'm putting you back in so you can pray with us. I need you to turn the TV okay. down, darling. All
1: right.
0: <laughs> All right. Do you want to play? Real? Go ahead and play real
3: quick. Okay. Father God in
0: heaven, in Jesus Christ's
3: name. I pray, Father. Father, thank you for giving us uh, um, fortitude to keep uh, calling you, Father, and let. My prayer warrior sisters to know that I want nothing more than to be with him now. and to pray with him. And please continue to bestow us with your blessings and your love and your care and protect us always as we do love you, Father, and to love you so very much and as you continue to bless us each and every day. bless my sister, Miriam, and her mother. And bless all of her family, Father. Bless Nancy, bless her family, bless Amy and her family. Yes. yes. Bless, bless Amy and her family and all the struggles that they go through, Father. Bless Cecile and her family, Father. And bless all my prayer warrior sisters who may not be able to join me in this evening, Father. Please continue to give us everything we need in order to come together and to praise you, Father, as you continue to send blessings down to us. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray
0: forever and ever. Amen. God amen. Please. Amen. Mother, you want to pray? Mm-hmm. Mommy's
4: going to pray a little bit. Okay. Praise the Lord, Heavenly Father.
0: Come before me we
4: give thee thanks that another day for another day that you have given us. Bless all our coverage, our saints that will continue to pray together. Ask the Lord to bless us and keep us praising the name of God and praying for one another. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Bless each and every member, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Guide us, continue to guide us. We're thankful for what you're doing with us and what you're going to do. We want goodwill. Goodwill. We know that you all can always cover us with the goodwill of God. We thank you tonight, Lord, for another day that you have given us. In Jesus' name, bless each and every member, Lord. Bless us, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Continue to guide us your way, your will. Not my will, but thy will be done. May I mean, look like to cut off. I don't know.
0: Where it was. It's on. Huh?
4: It's on. You praise the Lord, yes Lord. We thank you for another day that you have given us. And we praise your name, Lord. We want you to continue strengthening us to continue to do your will. Not my will, not always, will, but the will of God. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, just thank God for Him being God, you know. Thank God for I you know, thank God for this internet. It really has a, uh, a phenomenal uh, amount of information. But okay, I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue reading from. The wealth of the wicked is stored for the righteous. We were looking at the hidden remedy. And according to the reader's information here, the hidden remedy is the House Joint Resolution 192. And in the Fifth Amendment, which states that uh, private property cannot be taken or pledged for public use without just compensation or due process of law. Now. He's looking at private property with respect to the oil, I mean oil, the gold and silver taken from people, you know, uh, 1933. Uh, I look at this from the Fifth Amendment. This clause here, private property cannot be taken or pledged for public use without just compensation or due process of law. That to me applies to the TI situation, and I believe that Part of our remedy is in article, uh, the fifth amendment, which clearly states private property cannot be taken or pledged for public use. When you use someone's body, not just use, you injure, you harm and you kill innocent people. You use their private property. You are pledging it for public use. You're pledging it for public research, human research experimentation. And, you know, that is an avenue that has to be included in any lawsuit. The Fifth Amendment protects us from having our bodies used in public research um, experiments without just compensation and due process of war. So we are more than conquerors, more than qualified, more than eligible to have lawsuits. Okay, based on testimony of the human research, and based on the devices in our body, you know, devices, the the effects, the things they've done, um, you know, you could this is you you know the evidence is clear. You weren't born with the chip in you, so some it had to get in, you know, in you. And most people have this enough and know their bodies enough to know where the chip came from where the device entered the system I believe they have some type of device in my leg right now and um, in God's time it will be removed in the name of Jesus through the blood of Jesus I'm going to claim victory in advance and I'm going to use this time to make sure that I can keep my health up to par and do everything possible you know, to be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, I like the hidden remedy. So before we begin breaking down the meaning of House Joint Resolution 192, let's remember that the 14th Amendment, the Sentence Amendment, and numerous Supreme Court precedents, as well as equity law, clearly provides protections under private property, which is your body. It says private property cannot be taken or pledged for public use without just compensation uh, or due process of law. What I would recommend anyone to do is pull up that Fifth Amendment, look for the just compensation clause, and stand on it, you know, stand on it, stand on your body is private property that's that's another you know uh uh equitable game you know violation of the the the, the you your, your god-given rights above all and the constitutional rights in the fifth amendment that states that nobody's private property can be used for public use without just compensation and you know that's just you know let me just say it, that that's going to be part of the criminal report i'll be writing in uh, to the president, on behalf of some of these, these theme and the STEM programs, because now they're designing programs to get children uh, uh, implanted with devices, and that's a life of torture, a life of hell. I just, we have to do everything we can possible to make sure children uh, and just the rest of the population doesn't have to go through this, and you know. They already have a homemade defraud law. I mean, you, they, they print out these journals and articles. They will send that article to hospitals and say the law. The law says that now these devices go in the infections and you put them in. And these retarded people, they have, you know, that's how they had a parfide. That's how a parfide worked. That's how um, the Holocaust worked. This, this is a demon spirit of just an un unintelligent people listening to orders by demons, you know, all you have to, that's why I don't want competent people in hospitals. They don't want competent people in school systems. The law department said that I have to put these devices in people. I'm not doing it. They don't want, you're not going to, you get on the list. They don't want people like that because they don't even have real laws. You know, they're using defraud laws you know, to uh, in the hospitals uh, to, you know, make the staff, the medical staff feel it's okay to implant devices in people. And they have this reform law by the FDA, the Food Drug Administration. And that's all. And if you read your invitation, I put the links in there, read the link. That exhibit has everything. Okay. All right. So let me finally. And read this thing okay. the u.s. cannot pledge or risk the property and wealth of its private citizens for any government purpose okay that's your body without legally providing them a remedy to recover what is due them on their on their risk this principle is well established in English common law and American jurisprudence the 14th amendment provides no person shall be deprived of property without due process of law. Nobody can touch your body without due process of law. And the courts have long ruled to have one's property legally held as collateral surety for a debt, even when he still owns it and it still has possession of it, it is to deprive him of it since it is at risk and could be lost as the debt at any time. The US Supreme Court said in US versus Russell 13 wall 623, 627, somebody's phone, private property the Constitution provides shall not be taken for public use without just compensation. Now, he's talking about uh, the wealth of people, uh, you know, your finances, the gold and silver they took from people in 1933. You can't do that. When they took the gold and silver from the people, uh, the remedy was in the... Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment, and that was the the cause here. Private property, uh, the Constitution provides, shall not be taken for public use without just compensation. So, this is what he's referencing to. He is not referencing human research experimentation. He's not referencing the property as money. He's referencing the gold and silver that was stolen from the American people during the New Deal. In another case, Memphis an LLR company versus D E W it stated the right of subrogation is not founded in contract. It is a creature of equity. It is a cause solely for the purpose of accomplishing the ends of substantial justice. And it is independent of any contractual relations between parties. And that just means that your right to compensation is above and beyond contract law. It is a God-given right, and it's also, a, you know, a right that's embedded in the Constitution. <sighs> Let me
1: see if there's a other a lot of background.
2: Okay, that line will be muted.
0: Okay,
2: Okay, that line will be muted. Sound is better. Okay. So we're reading from The Wealth of the Wicked is is, uh, Stored for the Righteous, Hidden Remedy. This is a book by Stephen Glenn. Okay. Furthermore, the rights of a surety to recover on his risk or loss when standing for debts of another was reaffirmed as late as 1962 in the matter of Perlman versus Reliance. Sureties compelled to pay debts for their principles have been deemed entitled to reimbursement, even without a contractual prob- uh, promise and probably there are few doctrines better established. Constitutionally and in the laws of equity, the United States, the corporation, or the United States, the country, could not borrow or pledge the property or wealth of its private citizens or put them at risk as collateral for currency and credit without legally providing them equitable remedy for recovery of what is due them. So that means when 1933, when they took the gold and silver from all the people and gave them these Federal Reserve notes that had nothing to back them up, the they had to have a remedy, okay? Because basically they took people's gold and silver and they just got a piece of paper, but it was a Federal Reserve piece of paper, but it wasn't—it wasn't of equal value. Federal Reserve notes have no value. The point is that the United States government did not violate the law or the Constitution in this way in order to collateralize its financial reorganization. But what they did, in fact, do was provide such a—they provided there's a legal remedy that it has been able to continue on since 1933 to hypothecate the private wealth and assets of those class of persons by whom it is owned at risk backing the government's obligations and currency by their implied consent. Uh, Let me just say, you know, 1933, the government was going bankrupt, and they literally took all the American people's, you know, money for Federal Reserve notes. And, you know, a congressman, you know, pointed out that the American people would be compensated uh, under the Fifth Amendment of you can't take private property for public use without compensation and that was also embedded into the House Joint Resolution 192. Okay, so backing the government's obligations and currency by their implied consent, they're saying the people consented by giving the goal, but they really didn't, through the government having provided such remedy as defined and codified above in HJR 192 for the recovery of what is due them on their assets and wealth at risk. The provisions for this are found in the same act of public policy, House Joint Resolution 192, and Public Law 7310 that suspended the gold standard for our currency. These are the laws that basically when the Federal Reserve notes came in. So the government didn't have enough money, so they suspended... The law that you know, money had to be backed by gold, they took all the gold from the American people, but in there they did put a provision for remedy, and the provision for remedy was the just compensation for the use of private citizens' money for public use. And that's the Fifth Amendment coupled with House Joint Resolution 192 coupled with Public Law 7310 which suspended the gold standard for our currency and stopped the right to demand payment in gold and made Federal Reserve notes for the first-time legal tender backed by the substance or credit of the nation. Okay, that Those Federal Reserve notes, they pledged the credit of the nation, the work of the people as what they were backing that money with instead of gold. I mean, it's almost, it's truly like the Wizard of Oz. Therefore, we the people are the first and primary creditors of the United States, the people they took the basic gold and silver from. The Federal Reserve System, whom has loaned the United States credit against our property, is the secondary creditor behind you, the private citizen. They're secondary creditors because they took the American people's gold and silver, the Federal Reserve Board, okay? So they are the secondary, and they gave them Federal Reserve notes. So they're the secondary creditors. To this author, it is no different than if the United States declared bankruptcy, okay, because it could not pay. That's the phone. It's okay, ma. It's the phone. What is- it's okay, I'm on the phone. Okay. It's you know, and he gives a scenario here. It's like if the United States played, you know, a gambling game, if they declared bankruptcy because it could not pay its gambling debts to a giant casino, the casino has made certain that the politicians who gamble, the assets of the United States are co-owners or friends of the casino itself, and now they have pledged the private assets of the citizens for more chips so that they can keep playing. All of our gold and silver was confiscated in return for chips, meaning Federal Reserve notes, and all of the rest of our property was pledged for more credit with the casino or Federal Reserve. For every dollar won at the blackjack table, it loses $2 somewhere else, and it is accounted for against our credit. Over time, because the games are set up in favor of the House, we lose the more we play with the Federal Reserve notes. One of the most horrifying and evil aspects to this otherwise legal system is the pledge of the American people's most valuable and priceless asset of all. It is defined in the IRS Code, as well as by the Department of Agriculture, as a fungible agricultural commodity. It is your human body. Your labor, okay? That's what backs up Federal Reserve notes. They, they said basically the United States citizen would be a uh, slave, and that's why they get taxed like crazy. They're, they're, you're not really a, a person under the United States Corporation. You're a franchise. And what they do with franchises is they just milk them for all the taxes, uh, one of the most horrifying and evil aspects of this otherwise legal system is the pledge of the American people's most valuable and priceless asset of all. It is defined in the i r s code as well as the Department of Agriculture as a fungible agricultural commodity. It is your human body, and that that's why to me not is this is he's talking about your human body meaning your your when you you know taking your money your your work your labor. But this is why you have this human research obstructions going on you know uh they have they don't look at American people as uh you know private citizens you know under the corporation they're looking at them as franchises and they 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 can do what they want to franchise it. so you know you we have you have to come out this. You have to come out of this Babylon. And one way is to, you know, do the UC redemption process, UCC1, and try, from my understanding, and, and just authenticating your birth certificate and filing that IRS form and let these people know, I, I have power over my straw man. You know, let them know, I'm, you know, I'm not a franchise. It has to be in writing. I'm going to write my, I'm not a franchise. I'm not... Um, um, a commodity you know that's why this book is really important uh, you know uh, this is one chapter I'm reading but uh, another chapter they explained how they got the uh, the birth certificate passed and that was to securitize it um, he spoke about uh, let's see You know, I just can't keep going back because then I'll never finish this chapter. But there were some key issues, um, which I'd like to leave with the listeners so that you can look up and do your own due diligence. Um, Okay, this is one I think you all need to look up. To further confuse us, the IRS has classified the human as a widely held fixed investment trust that's w h f i t the human body is a fungible commodity or fixed investment. can you imagine the powers that be that be consider you as chattel not a man or a woman the reason they reason that if a man exists behind the human, he she would make his him or herself known by intelligence and articulate means. The Declaration of Independence presumed that all men are equal. However, the law does not presume the human body to be a man. Crazy, huh? I know how you feel. With this premise, the new corporate United States under the leadership of puppet FDR, it would declare your body to be property that once belonged to you to be only used by you, but it is owned by the United States. This is so socialism or worse. Our saving grace, thanks to our founding fathers, would be would be the just compensation clause. This just compensation is a common law right known as the right to subrogation. This part of the Fifth Amendment, known as the just compensation clause, was and still is the biggest constitutional barrier for the elite's total dominion total domination over the people, it is also the legal foundation for account assigned to you at the Treasury. The goal of the elites is to law the people to surrender all of their rights in return for benefits, privileges, and the feeling of security and safety. However, remember John Adams and Ben Franklin stating, he who surrenders essential liberty for the feeling of a little safety, he deserves neither liberty nor safety. Under the New Deal, most Americans would surrender essential liberty for a social sense of security or social security. Yeah, they, they gave up their goal because they lied to them about social security, and, and, and they, just like they got the birth certificate, they got, they, they got the births on a certificate by telling people about you know, welfare programs, how they'll help mothers. It was all, you know, it was all a lot from the pit of hell. You know, it was, you know, a little bit of benefit, but they're taking control over your entire, your money and your body. Um, all right, let me just go. I'm going backwards here, but I'm going to finish that chapter. So eligibility for all the new programs would be the essential benefit as compared to the benefit itself. From welfare and Medicare to Social Security, Men and women who had their faith in their monetary system, otherwise known as mammon or the mercantile system of the world, would take on a new identity which included a number. This is in fact, in fact, number every American today. It is an act that forbid that God forbade David, King David, to do with harsh consequences when it happened. By conducting a census, the United States can determine how many people are not within their jurisdiction by seeing the difference between the census totals and the total number of people with the Social Security number. In order for the United States, the corporation, and the president to take all property from the people, the president would have to declare a state of national emergency to activate the constitutional powers of executive order that would accomplish this. The United States, the corporation, declared bankruptcy on March 9, 1933. The creditors in the bankruptcy were the Federal Reserve and other European banks. On paper, all assets had to be surrendered to the bankruptcy trustee. The United States, however, wanted to keep operating. They wanted to keep... Wait a minute operating the goal was not to shut down the united states but to seize control of it and further seize control of the productivity of all the people in 1917 the trading with the enemy act was passed by congress authorizing the united states to seize all property within its grasp of its enemies during wartime or during a state of emergency this made sense since german land machinery and money Could be confiscated by the government when it was in this time and we were at war with germany conveniently the act made the federal reserve the custodian of foreign assets on march 9 1933 the previously mentioned emergency banking act amended as section 5 of the 1917 trading with the enemy act it included the united states person citizen as an enemy of the united states So what anyone listening can do, you can go in and put up the Emergency Banking Act Amended Section 5 of the 1917 Trading with the Enemy Act and look at it for yourself where it says United States Persons Included as an enemy of the United States. Now, now who puts a statute? That's how dumb they think people are. They put a statute. And did not, uh, and put the American people as the enemy of the state. By declaring citizens and other persons to be enemies, it opened the legal door for the government to claim ownership of all property, including your body, of all the people without giving just compensation to enemies. So that was the purpose, to uh, work around. See, this is what demons do. They, they, they're very, very much into the legalities. You know, they're doing everything corrupt, but yet they're following the legalities because they knew the truth always holds, holds you know, the foundation, which would be the Constitution. At some point, they knew that the American people could stand on the comp- uh, Constitution despite them trying to turn the United States into a corporation, franchises, all of this and that. So what they did to... Um, basically sabotage the Constitution just compensation uh, you know to say that the American citizens are not entitled to just compensation from having their labor used as you know enslavement they put in the clause uh, the um, the uh, what's that trading with the enemy Act they have that to include United States citizens. Yep. So if you're an enem if the United States citizens are an enemy of the uh, trading with under, uh, under the Trading with the Enemy Act, that would sabotage their right to compensation under the Fifth Amendment. Mm. The Federal Reserve, of course, would remain the custodian of all our property. Keep in mind that U.S. citizenship was created and defined by the new Fourteenth Amendment at reconstruction. This citizenship was new and different to what is commonly recognized and is colorable to the original citizenship which we were so formally proud. This new citizenship constituted men and women into persons which can carry quite a different meaning in a legal setting than it does with common use. The 14th Amendment made a U.S. citizen a subject. Any person born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof shall be United States citizens, which means they are colored citizens. They are disguised. The word color has nothing to do with pigmentation. It has everything to do with meaning legal status. This 14th Amendment citizenship or colored citizenship did not apply to free men and women born on the land, but to those born or naturalized within a political jurisdiction and subject to that same jurisdiction. For free men and women who accepted the New Deal, as well as existing colored citizens, this new social contract would transform. John Edward Joe into John Edward Joe, the straw man, more legally known with the Social Security number. So that's just the background information of basically how he's getting to this remedy now. I just wanted to, uh, you know, go back a little bit and give you uh, sources to look up. So, you know, again, if I was listening to this... And I had a curiosity, I would do my homework, do do, due diligence, find out um, when they had us uh, labeled as the uh, widely held fixed investment trust, I'd look that up. I would look up the Shepherd-Towner Maternity Act, which was passed in 1921, which was the law used to uh, securitize the human body as an asset through the birth certificate. Okay, that's the Shepherd Town and Maternity Act. It was passed in 1922, and its purpose was to securitize the human body as an asset through the birth certificate. Okay, one can argue that this cannot be true, but the UCC states that all certificates are issued to securitize assets, just as certificates will be used for a prize, a bull, a racehorse, or other forms of chattel. To the intellectual philosopher at the time, intelligence and sanity of a human cannot be presumed. It must be demonstrated. Mm. So I would be looking up the Shepherd Tower Maternity Act of 1921 and the securitization of the birth certificate. I would be looking up the widely held fixed investment trust by the IRS where they created us turned us into trust accounts and franchises. I would be looking up the Fifth Amendment known as the Just Compensation Clause and see how that works. Uh, Applies to not only remedying um, the money situation, uh, but also remedying the government use of your body as uh, public property. So that that's some you know key. Uh, I'd look up House Resolution, House Joint Resolution 192. Uh, I'd look up Trading with the Enemies Act. United States citizens, you know, I would get this book and I would study it. I would look up um, the Senate document, what was that? Uh, 73rd Congress.
1: Okay, so
2: we're looking at the uh, remedies. Let me get back on task. So they were saying, you know, they're like playing uh, in a casino. And the you know it's us, the taxpay, the people that got paying taxes that are basically the chips, Uh, and and that no, I'm on the phone. That that the uh, they're playing a game with the casino and the Federal Reserve is in favor of the House. And one of the most horrifying and evil aspects to this otherwise legal system is the pledge of the American people's most valuable and priceless asset of it all. It is defined in the IRS code as well as the Department of Agriculture as a fungible agricultural commodity. It is your human body. To the Federal Reserve, it is chattel property and otherwise defined as a human resource. You and I are not considered men or women or or a man. We are property. Ballantine's 1930 Law Dictionary defines a human being as a beast or a monster. The reason for this is that You means color of, under the disguise, that's what color of means. Therefore, a human is not a man, but something that has the appearance of a man. But in law, it is not man, but a beast. The legal profession continues to play games with definitions to exclude rational men and women from having any say-so in determining their own lives. Under 1 USC Section 1 and 1 USC Section 8, it defines an individual as either a single business or an infant. Can you imagine? You need to look up 1 USC Section 1 and 1 USC Section 8 and look the, look for the definition of an individual. And according to the corporation law, an individual is either a single business, which is a franchise, or an infant. So, is that what we are? That's why, you know, we have to come out of Babylon. And you have to, uh, you have to come out of this. You have to get that birth certificate authenticated, get something in writing, you know, letting these people know you're not part of this corporation slavery. Um,. So it defines an individual as either a single business or an infant. A single business is a fictional entity getting its authority to exist from the state, and an infant is not considered cognizant, and therefore both are not legally competent to handle their own affairs, and therefore are mandated to have an attorney represented. So this is this is what they're running today. Under the law, it says an individual is either is a either single business or an infant, and that's why they don't like pro se people. That's why they want people to have a lawyer, because it basically says you're legally incompetent. Words change meaning in our culture as we get accustomed to its use in a particular way, whereas we use the term human interchangeably and almost exclusively in in, in place of the word man. The word humanoid would better fit in the present time to how the original usage of human was over 100 years ago. The title to your human body was delivered a commercial term by a commercially licensed medical doctor via birth certificate to the U.S. government when you were born. And that title is being held on the fifth floor of the basement of the Depository Trust Corporation DTC at 55 Water Street, New York. The birth certificate has a birth registration number on it that can sometimes be difficult to locate as most have been redacted from the certified copies of the instrument birth certificate so that the financial link will not be apparent to us. However, a written request to your state's Office of Vital Statistics should remedy that for you. You can get that number. They're saying that number has vital importance. It it leads it it, it leads to um, a treasury account. Is what he's saying. Since that time, June 5th, 1933, all U.S. currency is merely credit against the real property, wealth, and assets, including your human body belonging to the private sovereign American people taken and or pledged by the United States Corporation to its secondary creditors as security for its obligations. Consequently, those American people, us, who are backing the nation's credit and currency could not recover what was done, done what was due them, us, By anything drawn on the Federal Reserve notes. So that means when they took their gold and silver, all they got was Federal Reserve notes, which was backed by nothing. uh, Without expanding their own risk and obligation to themselves, ourselves, any recovery payments backed by this Federal Reserve note currency would only increase the public debt that for its citizens, we the people were collateral which an equitable remedy was intended to reduce and inequity would not satisfy anything because there was no longer actual money of substance. There was no gold and silver to pay anyone back. So let me further explain in other words. Let's say that you allow your brother to use your home to get an equity line of credit to start a new business. To give the reader an accurate analogy, as opposed to a simplistic one, there involves a little more detail. You have pledged your multimillion-dollar home to the bank against your brother's business equity credit line because your brother needs to show that he has the ability to borrow at least $1 million. So, okay. In addition to the investment he has already made to purchase a franchise automobile dealership with a revolving inventory and floor pan, Plan. You also have already invested $100,000 to help him out and expect to be paid back, but your brother has not yet repaid you any of the principal or interest. You decide to confront your brother and ask him to pay you some of the money that he has borrowed because you wish to purchase a new car. If your brother hesitates because he has a cash flow problem and does not have the cash available on hand, but decides to draw down on his equity credit line that is backed by the value of your home, then you have not been paid back, but merely increase the risk against yourself and your property. Keep in mind that the bank can foreclose on your home if your brother pays everything back to the bank except one single dollar. You would much prefer instead to write a bill of exchange to your brother for a new car that is sitting on his lot that he has already paid for in exchange for a reduction in the liability, the debt that he owes you equal to the value of the car. Therefore, you would have some principal investment recovery without any additional risk liability to you or your multimillion-dollar home. In addition, interest has to be paid on any advancement of credit made against your home. In like manner, if we seek to obtain recovery from the United States, the corporation, and or the Federal Reserve by obtaining new Federal Reserve notes from them to recover the equity taken from us, then we only draw more liability against credit with additional interest attached, thus increasing our liability and our debt. On the other hand, if we draft the bill of exchange, perhaps in the form of a national bank note, we are saying, let me take the property, the automobile in this case, in return for my authorization to reduce the debt that you owe me, or in other words, just take it off or offset the balance that you owe me. So he's saying the government owes the American people money, and there should the There should be, there's there's an offset. The accounting term for this is an offset or set-off. In this example, the set-off is a payment of debt owed to you by your brother. You receive something of substance, a car for your investment. When Satan and the Jews crucified Jesus, they created a debt that could not be paid Jesus took us, the earth, the fullness thereof, the world, and everything in it, and basically said, take it off, off of what you owe me. If your brother uses the credit line against your house to pay you, he does not actually pay you. He discharges the debt for a time that it was owed to you on the investment, but increases his debt to you on the credit line, which increases your liability, which means that no debt is paid. Payment and discharge are two different things. Federal Reserve notes, although made legal le- tender for all debts, both public and private, in the financial reorganization of the United States in the New Deal, they can only discharge debt. Debt must be exchanged for value or substance, gold, silver, mm, gold, silver, barter, labor, barter of labor mm, or commodity in order to be paid. For this reason, House Joint Resolution 192, which established the public policy of our current monetary system, repeatedly uses the term discharge in conjunction with payment in laying our public policy for the new monetary system. A debt-based currency system cannot pay debt. Let us look at another analogy on how discharge operates in contradiction to payment, in contradistinction to payment. Let's say that you go to a restaurant where you see the one and only Bill Gates arrive with an entourage of people for dinner. At the end of that dinner, the waitress presents Mr. Gates with a bill, a ticket. You know, I read this last night. I mean the night before, all right, but i'll just read it uh he's just giving un- basically he's given another analogy to see how um, basically the Federal Reserve notes are not backed up by anything other than paper other than their word their um and how the American people are able to. Negotiate currencies—it's like a form of bartering. Um, let me go back to—I read that. Listen to the tape. I'm not going to read another analogy. I'll go back to the law here. So, from June 5th, 1933, to the present, commerce in the corporate United States of America and among subcorporate subject entities such as states and incorporated businesses. They have had only debt note instruments by which debt can be discharged as opposed to paid and transferred in different forms. The unpaid debt created and expanded by this plan now carries a public liability for collection in that when debt is discharged with debt instruments, which are Federal Reserve notes, by commerce, Debt is inadvertently being expanded instead of being canceled. Thus, the public debt is increased, which is a situation potentially fatal to any economy. Congress and the government officials who orchestrated the public laws and regulations that made the financial reorganization, the bankruptcy, anticipated the long-term effect of a debt-based financial system which many in government feared and which we face today in servicing the interest on the nearly $20 trillion national debt as well as the additional trillions owed collectively by the citizens. Excuse me for personal loans and the businesses for commercial loans in the United States Corporation. Because the owners of the Federal Reserve, to whom we all owe this insurmountable debt, have absolutely zero dollars invested in this new deal. They also feared the possibility of being hanged for treason against the American people. And that is why this same act, H.J.R. 192, made provision not only for recovery remedy to satisfy equity so we the people its sureties, but to simultaneously resolve the debt problem as well. It is the responsibility of the American people to exercise their right to recovery of their equitable interest in all of the property taken from them. Unfortunately, it is also the responsibility of the American people to educate themselves as to the code or the legalese of the act and to make the effort to decode the United States Code, the Code of Federal Regulations, and the IRS Code. Mm. And that's just what people don't want to do. But they, Well, they, they designed it where, you know, you could never get remedy because they put it in codes, and codes are nothing more than secrecy. So we would have to know the IRS code, we would have to know the United States code, and the Code of Federal Regulations to get to the remedy. So let's see what he's saying here. So in order to know what to do to solve this problem, both in one's personal life and collectively, until you make it known That you are not a human or a monster or an infant and show cognizance. Don't expect the trustees of the Federal Reserve or the U.S. Treasury to release your wealth to you. Wow. So that means to me pulling the birth certificate, making it clear I'm not a franchise. I'm not uh, a business. I am not an infant. Remember the old axiom, ignorance is no excuse for the law, because every American is presumed to know the law in its entirety, since it is in fact the real property, wealth, and assets of that class of persons that is the substance that is backing all the other obligations, currency, and credit of the United States, and such currencies could not be used to reduce its obligations for equity, interest, recovery to its principles and sureties. HJR 192 further made the notes of national banks and national banking associations on par with its other currency and legal tender obligations in 31, USC 5103, which states legal tender United States coin and currency, including federal reserve notes and circulating notes of the federal Reserve banks and national banks, are legal tender for all debts, public charges taxes, and dues mm. so uh not just uh, the um federal reserve notes it's just it's not backed by anything it's it's legal tender and it is what is used for debts and public charges, taxes, and dues. This definition for legal tender never existed to include Federal Reserve notes and the circulating notes of the Federal Reserve banks and national banks before 1933. So that definition was not there because the definition for Uh, Our currency at that time was gold and silver. So they changed everything in 1933. The definition has remained the same to this day to include national bank notes or circulating notes of national banks, even though national banks and national banking associations have not been around since 1933, or have they? You may be wondering, what is the difference between a Federal Reserve note and the circulating note of a Federal Reserve Bank.
1: Mm.
2: Again, you may want to wonder, what is the difference between a Federal Reserve Note, which is, uh, you know, the money, and and then they distinguish it to a circulating note of a Federal Reserve Note. A circulating note of a Federal Reserve Bank is your your own dollar bill. It's a circulating note from a Federal Reserve Bank. And anybody could create an entity and say it's a a bank. I think that's the point he's trying to make here. The Federal Reserve Note is the central currency for the nation. It is recognize, recognized by everyone and acceptable by nearly everyone for purchases and debts. The Federal Reserve Note is a dual currency. It can be lawful money backed by the United States Treasury as per... It's seal on the right side of the note, or it can be a credit into the Federal Reserve System, <clears throat> as denoted by the seal on the left side. Let us examine the basic definition of a bank or a banker. A bank or a bank, a bank or banker is any person who issues promissory notes for the purpose of circulating them as currency. Okay, you can look that up. Bank or banker. An issuer is an issuer of a promissory note, which is not necessarily the maker. He's the issuer of the promissory note. He's not the maker of the promissory note. As we examine the statutes, we should see that a Federal Reserve Bank is any person who holds a Federal Reserve Note. That's amazing. That's the bank. So you and I are bankers? Therefore, any person who writes, endorses, or issues a note promising to pay an amount of money for the purposes of passing that note along to be circulated as currency while at the same time holding a Federal Reserve note is, in fact, a Federal Reserve Bank. Notice these terms are sometimes proper nouns and other times just nouns that are modified by the words reserve and federal. The Federal Reserve does not issue promissory notes to be circulated as currency, but are they exclusively the only Federal Reserve banks? They would have you believe that they are exclusively Federal Reserve banks, but they're not. Let's look at the section of the Federal Reserve Act that was codified under Title 12. Under Title 12 of the United States Code, Section 411. Section 411 gives us a curious insight into deciphering or unlocking The legalese of the code, Section 411 states, issuance to reserve banks, nature of obligation, redemption. Federal reserve notes to be issued at the discretion of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System for the purpose of making advances to federal reserve banks through the Federal Reserve agents as herein set forth and for no other purpose are authorized. The said notes will uh, shall be obligations of the United States and shall be receivable by all national and member banks and Federal Reserve Banks and for all taxes, customs, and other public dues. They shall be redeemed, redeemed in lawful money on demand at the Treasury Department of the United States in the City of Washington, District of Columbia, or any Federal Reserve Bank. If they can only be issued to Federal Reserve Banks and for no other purpose. Why do you have any in your wallet? Not convinced? Let's keep digging. It's obvious to me now, after much study, that you and I are Federal Reserve Banks and the national banks. The so-called banks on the corner of our streets are Federal Reserve agents, and the 12 Federal Reserve banks in the major cities like San Francisco, Atlanta, and New York are member banks. Think about it. Advances are made to the Federal Reserve banks through the Federal Reserve agents. Why would the Federal Reserve need to make advances to itself by going through Bank of America? We should know by now that commercial banks are agents of the Federal Reserve that make loans to us. Of Federal Reserve credits or notes at above the prime interest rate given to the agents so that the agents can make a profit. If you check any commercial bank's corporate charter, they are not allowed to make loans of their personal assets of the assets of their depositors. They can only loan credit, which is usury. They advance us our own credit based on the note we write within the guidelines of the fractional reserve system, reserve system of the Federal Reserve. Just because Bank of America has the word bank in its name does not make it a bank as defined by statute. Bank of America, Chase, Manhattan, Citibank are depository financial institutions and agents of the Federal Reserve. Now let's analyze what a national bank might be. If you do not wish to participate in the Federal Reserve System, hold Federal Reserve notes, or contract with the Federal Reserve agents, then there is no requirement for you to do so. If you were born in America, then you are an American national as opposed to a foreign national, And any note you write that is endorsed to be circulated, like Bill Gates' note, Bill, check, whether it was his check, his ticket, in the example above, is a circulating note of a national bank, thus making you, by definition, a national bank. Let's examine the legal definition so that we can arrive at such a conclusion. The legal, statutory, and professional definitions of bank and banking and banker used in the United States Code and Code of Federal Regulations are not those commonly understood for these terms and have made the statutory definition of bank accordingly. Under UCC 4105, Part 1, bank means a person engaged in the business of banking. Amazing. Bank is a person. Wow, engaged in the business of banking. 12 CFR section 229.2, definition of bank means the term bank also includes any person engaged in the business of banking. 12 CFR section 210.2, definition, bank means any person engaged in the business of banking. And USC title 12, section 1813, definition of bank and related terms, bank The term bank means any national bank, state bank, and district bank in any federal branch and insured branch. Black's Law Dictionary 5th Edition, page 133 defines a banker as, in general sense, a person that engages in business of banking in narrower meaning, a private person who is engaged in the business of banking without being incorporated under some statutes as individual banker. Hmm. Banking is partly and optionally defined in the business of issuing notes for circulating negotiable bills, Black's Law Dictionary, 5th edition, page 133 defines banking, the business of banking as defined by law and custom, consists in the issue of notes intended to circulate as money and defines a banker's note as a commercial instrument resembling a bank note in every particular except that it is given by a private banker uh, unincorporated banking institution. Federal statute does not specifically define national bank and national banking association in those sections where there are legislated on, uh, on to exclude a private banker or unincorporated banking institution. Interestingly, federal statute does not specifically define national bank and national banking association, except to say that they are synonymous. This author believes that it was left out on purpose to avoid having to spell it out for us that we are actually national banks under the new system. However, it does define these terms to the exclusion of such persons in the chapters and sections where the issue and circulation of notes by national banks has been repealed or forbidden. In the absence of statutory definition, courts give terms their ordinary meaning. As the United States Supreme Court noted, we have stated time and time again that courts and must presume that a legislator says in a statute what it means and means in a statute what it says. the legislative purpose what is, oh, the legislative purpose is expressed by the ordinary meaning of the words used, therefore, as noted above, the legal definition relating to legal tender have been written by Congress and maintained as such to be both exclusive where necessary and inclusive where appropriate to provide in its statutory definition of legal tender for the inclusion of all those who by definition of private unincorporated persons engaged in the business of banking to issue notes against the obligation of the United States for recovery on their risk whose private assets and property are being used to collateralize the obligations of the United States since 1933 as collectively and nationally constituting a legal class of persons being a national bank or national banking association with the right to issue such notes against the obligation of the United States for equity interest recovery due and accrued to those principal insurities of the United States backing the obligation of the U.S. currency and credit as a means for the legal tender discharge of local debt in commerce as remedy do them in conjunction with U.S. obligations in the discharge of that portion of the public debt which is provided for in the in the present financial reorganization, still in effect and engaging since 1933. Mm. Wow. He's trying to get to the fact that the American people have, under the law, have a right to uh, write promissory notes and um, be considered national banks under their right to you know being a private entity not under the United States corporation and he's the recommended sections of the law uh, to do due diligence with is 12 USC 411 18 USC 8 12 USC chapter 6 uh, section 38 uh stats two hundred and fifty one, section fourteen A, comma thirty one, USC fifty one eighteen and thirty one twenty three, with rights protected under the fourteenth amendment of the United States Constitution by the Supreme Court. In the United States versus Russell 13 Wall 623627 and Perlman and Perlman versus Reliance Insurance Company 371 US 132 136 and 137 the United States and in conformity with the US Supreme Court and as confirmed at 307 It is interesting to note that any restriction on federally chartered national banking institutions being allowed to issue, redeem, replace, and circulate notes have all been repealed. There is no law, statute, code, or regulation against a national bank. You are a national bank issuing its own currency. I find that really, really uh, different. Nor is there any restriction in the law on forming, founding, or otherwise becoming a national bank. Public law 103-325 passed on September 23, 1994, repealed any and all remaining statutes outlining a restriction on issuing national bank notes, which are still in the 31 U.S.C. 5103 definition of legal tender. And here are the repealed sections, and he gives a list of the repealed sections, which I'm going to go through. We have all heard of the story of how to train an elephant or even a a jar of fleas, a baby elephant. I just want to interject. I'm reading Hidden Remedies, Wealth of the Wicked, Stored for the Righteous. A baby elephant uh, gets heavily chained to a post for, four, for for years, but then as it grows, it only requires a small rope because the elephant does not believe that it can escape and therefore never tries. Mm. Fleas are kept in a jar with the lid on for a time. After time, the lid is taken off, but the fleas will jump no higher than where the lid was because they are conditioned. By the same token, statutes were put in place that were inconsistent with HJR 192 that restricted a federally chartered national bank from printing its own currency. This confused us private national banks as the government would falsely tell us that it was illegal for you and I as national banks to print our own money With our names on it, nor the Federal Reserve's name, how can national bank notes be legal tender? Under Title 31, if Title 12 makes it illegal for anyone to print them, it is as though the government illegally locked us in a jail cell and realized they might get caught doing this illegal thing so secretly in 1994, they pulled out the hinge pins of the jail doors. If we complain to the courts that we have been locked up illegally by not being allowed to print our own legal tender, the courts can now dismiss the case for failure to state a cause, failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. Rule 12b6. The court can take judicial notice of the fact that there is no law that prevents us from printing our own money. You didn't have a valid complaint. However, don't be confused. We cannot print the Federal Reserve's money. This would be counterfeiting. We can open the door from the hinge side at any time, but never consider it as we can see the door handle is still locked. Now, if by some chance you do print your own money and are prosecuted for it, then you have a valid complaint before the Federal Courts. This means that you should be able to write a check or a bill or a note with you as the maker in the United States Corporation or some agency thereof, like financial management services, U.S. Treasury, as payer, pursuant to 18 U.S.C. 8, as long as you do not capitalize your name as a debtor and maintain your creditor status. Making sure you have endorsed the back left-hand side to make this check, this promissory note, a circulating note of a national bank. Well, well, it boils back down to uh, taking control over destroying the straw man, taking control of your name and your signature, and um, using the currency effectively, which would take, you know, you have to study this. House Re- House Joint Resolution 192 further declared every provision which purports to give the obligee a right to require payment in gold or a particular kind of coin or currency is g- declared to be against public policy and no such provision shall be made with respect to any obligation hereafter incurred so house joint resolution basically it allows people to you know basically write their write checks or, or from the debt offset from the uh from the debt because uh it clearly states that uh uh there's no obligation or right to require payment in gold or a particular kind of coin or currency The practical evidence, in fact, of the United States financial reorganization, the bankruptcy is still going on today, visible all around us to see and understand. When Treasury notes come due, they're not paid. They are refinanced by new T-bills and notes to back the currency and cover the debts. Something that cannot be done with debt unless the debtor is protected from creditors in a bankruptcy reorganization that is regularly being restructured to keep it going. Every time the federal debt ceiling is raised by Congress, they are restructuring the bankruptcy reorganization of the government's debt so commerce can continue on. For obvious reasons, the United States government does not like having to recognize all this. It is a very sensitive mm, and delicate matter, and few can speak or will speak authoritatively about it, as the bank may be found out. The recovery remedy is maintained in law because it has to be to satisfy equity to its prime creditors. At this late time, the United States is neither expecting nor intending it to be generally assessed by the public. Regarding such instruments tendered to the Secretary when public officials are put in a position to legally acknowledge or deny the authority or validity of the instruments, of of the instruments, those in responsibility, and authority will not deny or dishonor any instrument of discharge properly submitted for that purpose. The issue is, what has the government said about it now? What is its policy in practice? How do you, Basically, how do you discharge, you know, debt using this bankruptcy and the whole fraud? And, you know, you surely can't be in the debtor status. That's number one. Uh, you have to get it in the creditor status. All right. And how does it finally respond to such claims of which it receives thousands every day? Can you imagine that thousands of people submitting forms to get out of Babylon, to discharge debt, to use that get, get the offset money from that bankruptcy. So let's see, it's a fact. Title thirty one. USC 3123 makes a statutory pledge of the United States government to payment of obligations and interest on the public debt. Title 31, Subtitle 3, Chapter 31, Subchapter 2, Section 3123, Payment of Obligations and Interest on the Public Debt. The face of the United States government is pledged to pay in legal tender principal and interest on the obligation of the government issued under this chapter. The Secretary of the Treasury shall pay interest due or accrued on the public debt. It is a fact title 31 section 3130 further del- delineates its definition a portion of the total public debt, which is held by the public as the net public debt. Section 3130, Annual Public Debt Report, Definitions, Total Public Debt, and then we have uh, the term total public debt means the total amount of the obligation subject to the public debt limit established in Section 3101 of the title. Then they have the not public debt. The term not public debt means the portion of the total public debt which is held by the public. And then there's Section 3101, Public Debt Limit. The face amount of obligations issued under this chapter and the face amount of obligations whose principal and interest are guaranteed by the United States government except guaranteed obligations held by the Secretary of the Treasury may not be more than $14 trillion outstanding dollars at one time subject to changes periodically made in that amount as provided by law through the congressional budget process described so they put a limit on how much money can be offset. The primary creditors which we are to the United States would definitely qualify as guaranteed obligations held by the Secretary of the Treasury as in boldface type above. It is a fact Section 3101 references guaranteed obligations held by the Secretary of the Treasury which are exempted from the face amount of obligations whose principal and interests are guaranteed by the United States government. Okay, so that's the hidden remedy. You need to look up Title 31, Section 3123, which is a statutory pledge of the United States government to payment of obligations and interest on the public debt. And then It's the obligation because they took the American people's money, gold and silver. Uh, Government response. Just a little bit of this I'm going to read. I'm reading from The Wealth of the Wicked is Stored for the Righteous. Oh, I thought that was much shorter. Let me just see real quick. Government response. It is a fact every day the United States Treasury Department receives dozens or hundreds of such instruments making claims of this type. Obviously, some are valid and some are not. So people are making claims. People do have this knowledge that there is there is a treasury account. There is an obligation. There is a remedy. So people do send in. So how do they decipher? Let's see, government response. It is a fact. There are only three official government directives or alerts that address fraudulent, fictitious, or otherwise invalid instruments sent to the U.S. Treasury for payment, and only one that officially states what is to be official U.S. government policy and treatment of them if they are received. This is Alert 9910, which is also published on the government website for the United States Treasury at www.publicdebt.trej.gov under frauds and phonies. The Office of the Comptroller of the Currency's Enforcement of Compliance Division in Alert 9910 states suspicious transactions, and they give an example of a letter here, uh, to Chief Executive Officer of National Banks and State Banking, right, fictitious site drafts payable through U.S. Treasury. it has been let's see it has been brought to our attention that certain individuals have been making and uh, making and executing worthless paper documents which are titled site drafts these Items state that they are payable through the U.S. Treasury, 1500 Pennsylvania Ave, Washington, D.C. These instruments are being presented for payment at banks and other businesses throughout the United States. Any of these instruments that are presented to the United States Treasury for payment will be returned to the sender and copies will be provided to the appropriate law enforcement agencies. Dishonored. This is in conformity with the Uniform Commercial Code that parties may rely on their presentment of obligations as settled unless given a notice of dishonor, whether directly applicable to Treasury Department offices or not. Note that the memo above was referring to site drafts. A draft is an instrument seeking to withdraw something. A note or check or bill only seeks an adjustment of debits and credits. The author makes no representation that the Treasury has anything of substance that can be drafted or withdrawn by its creditors. The UCC states that a check can be treated as a draft or a note or both. UCC 3503, Notice of Dishonor notice of dishonor may be given by any person, may be given by any commercially reasonable means, including an oral, written, or electronic communication, and is sufficient if it it reasonably identifies the instrument and indicates that the instrument has been dishonored or has not been paid or accepted. Return of an instrument given to a bank for a collection is sufficient notice of dishonor. Subject to Section 3504C, with respect to an instrument taken for collection, notice of dishonor must be given within 30 days following the day on which the person receives notice of dishonor. With respect to any other instruments, at least give examples here, instruments and notice of dishonor must be given within 30 days following the day on which the dishonor Occurs. Okay. These instruments are never returned from the Treasury dishonored. I have never heard of or seen these instruments returned from the Treasury dishonored. It is a fact that there is no basis or reason or plausible explanation for such unexplained silence with regard to these particular instruments every other branch of the federal government including the department of the treasury has developed elaborate libraries of computer generated form letters of statements and replies dealing with almost every possible question or claim that could be made of any agency or department of the federal government the united states treasury has an office of public correspondence whose sole job is to respond to communications from the general public. There is no communication sent to the United States Treasury that cannot be responded to as it may require. Many such categories of requests calling for response are are far greater in number than claims in equity for recovery to a prime creditor over the United States, and some categories are far fewer in number, and yet the requests greater or smaller in number on complexity of response required. All these of a commercial nature are regularly and timely responded to. There is virtually no written response by the federal government to this issue of recovery to the prime. Predators and holders in equity over the United States. The factually observable position of the Secretary of the Treasury and his department, in response to this type of claim, has been absolute silence. Absolute silence, be they from bank business or private person. Not denial, not disavowal, not dishonor, or repudiation of such claims or their basis in law, in fact, if they are not true, which in every other case of correspondence to federal government or the Department of Treasury dealing with any question, request, or claim, any such false claim, misconception, or mistaken understanding on the part of the general public is timely dealt with in every case by such forms by such forms letters it is the duty of the united states department of the treasury to the commerce of the nation and in the interests of the general public whom it serves to quickly and conclusively quash and repudiate any such false understandings or claims of remedy inequity or recovery of the public debt in the commercial realm and it is easily within their power to do so. This despite the fact that the only official US government directive from the Department of the Treasury dealing with the policy of the government towards fictitious or otherwise invalid instruments sent to the Treasury for collection states clearly they will be returned to the tender to the sender. There is therefore no basis or reason or plausible explanation for such unexplained silence with regard to this particular class of instrument, except that a remedy in equity for recovery to the prime creditors over the United States is true and factual and cannot be denied or dishonored in equity, and that such bills of acceptance in discharge of mutually offsetting obligations between the United States Corporation and its holders in equity as secured parties are in fact being held, being kept, held, and without return or dishonor accepted as obligations of the United States in the discharge and recovery of the public debt as they make claim on their face to the Secretary of the Treasury to be. How they are to be recovered recovered on is up to the parties involved holding such obligations and is provided for in law and regulation and administrative procedure a holder or its banking institution may use. In conclusion of this subject, when a commercial bank sends the instrument to the secretary, for discharge of its own obligations, and a problem arises concerning the instrument. A commercial response of some kind is required. There is a legal liability of the government, (coughs) excuse me, to a negotiable legal tender obligation upon the United States government sent to them for acceptance by a member Federal Reserve Bank after they receive it and become responsible for it. The Treasury has an obligation as a Department of Government serving the public interest to the bank, which as a member of the Federal Reserve System that has a commercial obligation to an account holder and a third party who rendered the item in payment to tell them that it's not any good or it's not going to be on it, even if they wanted to keep it for prosecution and investigation. This is, in effect, what the director says that the government will do if it's no good. What does statutory law, regulations, or case law tells us about what obligation is? Obligations or other security of the United States defined in Section 8 of Title 18, Part 1, Section 8. All right, I'm tired. I'll go over the government response Friday. Ooh, any questions? No, no, it's a, I'm on the phone, mother. Let me see if anybody's still here. People, I think, asleep. Amy, you know, you 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 left me. Anne, that was a long reading. Very long, and it takes. I'm um, like I said, I'm looking for TIs that like to read. Oh, Amy, I'm sorry, I got that line muted. Hold on, baby, I'm unmuted now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What did I do? Hold on, hold on. Oh, this line that phone, what happened? All right, hold on, baby. Hold on, hold on. Let me see, what did I do? I hope I... I don't I, Maybe they cut my other line. Hold on. They messing with this phone. Double tap to unlock. They give me... All right. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. Oh.
1: Testing, testing.